because there's three things that uh, I talked about this last week that you really need to know if you're serious about serving God uh, in the kingdom. And that is you need to know your spiritual gifts, you need to know what your personality is, and you need to know what your passion is. Now, the other two are easy. You can take a test and figure those out. Um, Passion is a little more difficult, which is why we saved it to the end. Um, Passion is the God-given desire of the heart to make a difference somewhere in serving God. Um, It's real easy to find something in the church that you like to do uh, or that, um, for those of us who tend to be rather sanguine, um, that draws attention to you and you get all kinds of accolades and pats on the back for doing it and that's why you like doing it. Well, that's all for the wrong reasons. And often, you're in the, one, of the, my, one of my favorite quotes that I read one time is, God will take you to something you hate and teach you to love it. And, and that is an amazing transformation because... Uh, not that he's going to send you to be a missionary to, you know, outer Mongolia. Don't. That's what everybody worries about when they start trying to find their place. Oh, he's going to send me to the mission field. But um, there have been people who never would have thought that they could teach little children and who have come to love teaching little children. Um, the rewards of it, as far as I'm concerned, um, just far outweigh everything else that you do. There are people who never thought they could were women's ministry kind of people, and they have just flourished in the women's ministry. Um, and just about every other thing. But God will take you to something that you may not think you love um, and teach you to love it. I remember Sue Katu, I don't know if you know, Dr. Katu's wife, she came to me, I guess a year and a half ago, very stable woman, <laughs> and you'll understand that statement in a minute. But she came to my office and she said, I just really feel like the Lord is telling me that I need to work with junior highs. And I said, you are out of your mind. (laughs) I'm telling you what, I would rather, junior high and senior high, you you can pay me enough to do that job. I better be careful because sure enough, you may take me to do something like that. But, you know, I mean, the people are called to do that. Believe it or not, they have, I think they have to be. Or they just, they're just all a half a bubble off center. You know, they're not quite right. They all walk around like this, twitching. <laughs> Andrea knows. Um, but you do, you know, it's things like that where God sort of taps you on the shoulder and asks you to do something. And um, uh, you have, that's part of uh, what, what causes uh, passion to rise up in, inside of you. Um, But it is a God-given desire, and you have to differentiate that from your own personal desires. Sometimes they go hand in hand. Some of the questions that you can ask yourself about um, passion, these are kind of general. What do you care about the most? Um, What kinds of things in life do you feel like you have a passion for? Uh, Numbers, people, things like that. What would you like to see... um, where, excuse me, would you like to see your life make a difference? Um, and when you come up with that, does it edify the body and does it bring glory to God? Those are some kind of defining questions. When you're talking about passion, um, it's easy to divide passion into three different categories. Um, I like things broken down into categories 
I'm kind of a linear thinker, and it helps me sort through things. Um, You can have a passion about people. You can have a passion about a role or a particular function in the body of Christ. Or you can have a passion for a cause. We're going to talk about all three of these um, passions. The first one is a passion for people. Um, They can be in different groups like children, youth, senior citizens. Uh, Again, youth people are usually a little strange. Um, You can have uh, situational groups like people who are grieving, um, who have been divorced, who are unemployed, who are newly married, who are disabled. Um, People can have a passion for that. Um, I don't know if you all know Ruth Wood, but that woman is so passionate about special needs people. She, she just, the, the, the most wonderful thing we ever did was develop our special needs class here at Grace because she, and she has maybe two students in there, but she loves it and she's so passionate about that particular group of people. Um, you can have people who are in certain life uh, moments, um, times of their lives, like mothers of preschoolers or empty nesters or uh, immigrants, new, newcomers to America. First-time parents, but people who have a passion for people, they want to make a difference in those people's lives, in that relationship uh, with other people. Um, I can tell you that is not my passion. Um, And you would think everybody should have, especially in ministry, should have a passion for people. That is kind of secondary um, for me. The next group is, is defines me pretty well. Um, a passion for roles or functions. Um, and some of the, I mean, there are other categories, but this is just to give you a kind of an idea of what they're like. I like discipling. Some people, shepherds, people, uh, Richard is a shepherd. He's a very good discipler. Gail Maya is a great discipler. She's very um, nurturing and caring and shepherding. I'm not. I'm a, oh, there's Ruth back there. I didn't see you back there. I was talking about you. I'm sorry. She just leaned her head forward, and I saw her. Um, but passion for roles are teaching, consulting, mentoring, um, to be a provider for some people, um, doing research, studying, those kind of things. I, my particular role that I'm most passionate about is, is that of an equipper. I love equipping people in the body of Christ. And, and I do it in a lot of different areas, and that's what... Um, You'll see it's, it's kind of interesting about people who have a passion for roles because um, in their uh, function passion, they long to serve in a specific role, but they find that their passion is an expre- it can be expressed in different areas. I express that passion in the children's ministry. I express it in the women's ministry, compass class, uh, leadership, teaching leadership, um, and, and covenant family. Those are all areas that I love to work and try to equip the body. And that's, I do all those things here at Grace of Anne. Um, and I love it. Some people will do stuff like that at work. They'll, they'll find um, that they're, as I said, uh, I had one gentleman come up to me in all this and say, I really feel like I'm called to do, use my gifts in the business world. And I, and I absolutely agree with that. There are men here who are called to be salt and light in the business world. That's, where that's their mission field. That's where they're to do ministry, and that's very legitimate. 
Um, but you may find yourself, if you find yourself more attracted to the people, then you would have a passion for people. If you find yourself more attracted to a specific role, uh, then um, you would have a passion for uh, one of those kinds of things like teaching. I don't care who I'm teaching. I just like to do it. I like little kids in particular <laughs> because they're such good listeners, um, unless you've been in children's church. Kind of make you twitch a little bit, won't they? Um, but kids have no gray areas like adults do, so they're a little easier to teach. So, um, the, the next passion is a passion for a cause. Some people are very uh, passionate about the cause of politics in the Christian world, and, and rightly so. We need people looking out for our, our rights as Christians because um, they're constantly being taken uh, for granted by us and people trying to take advantage of them. Um, human rights, stewardship, people very passionate about giving and, and um, uh, that, that we would use our money wisely. We have elders like that who, who keep a watch on um, Your oh, my budget in particular. <laughs> Not so much my budget as how fast I spend it. <laughs> um, we have a good children's ministry, though, right? All goes for the kids. <sighs> and my, my retail therapy. Um, <laughs> uh, passion for evangelism. You would think that somebody who is passionate about evangelism would, would really, you'd almost see them as a passion, have a passion for people, but what they have a passion for is preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, and reaching people with it. Um, uh, missions, people who have a passion for missions. Um, I have a passion for covenant family. I love, and, and if you have a passion for a cause, you'll enthusiastically attempt to make others aware of the issues that it, uh, and attract as many people as you can to become supporters of your cause. Some people are better at that than others. The thing with a cause that you have to be careful of is that not everybody's going to be as passionate about it that you talk to as you. I made that mistake early on um, in this job was I would just talk and talk and talk and I can talk to people about children's ministry and tell you all the benefits of it and some people just look at me like I'm crazy like what are you talking about and it's just perfectly clear to me I can understand why any well, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't want to serve in the children's ministry um, but not everybody's as passionate about it and 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 you have to find that place that you feel passionate about or that cause that you feel passionate about but you have to be careful when you find yours. Don't expect everybody to be as wowed by it as you are. Um, here are some indicators of how to find your passion. Like I said, it's kind of, it's probably the most abstract thing, um, and it's a process. You're not going to wake up tomorrow or thumb through the Bible and find your passion. But these are some things that you can look at and ask yourself to kind of think through. Um, and pray over about what you are passionate about and what you want to do and how you want to make a difference in the body of Christ. Um, this one is, the first one says you're, talk, uh, you're talking about a subject that could keep you up late at night and you would just love to jump out of bed in the morning and get started on it. 
um, when you talk about it, you lean forward in your seat, your blood pressure kind of goes up and you get all excited. Um, is there anything like that in your life that um, affects you that way? That's probably a good clue. What areas do you dream about or reflect on that kind of gives you that emotional energy? I'm a real project-oriented person, and any project that I do, that I can use that role uh, of edifier or um, equipper in really excites me. I can, I'll get to talking about it and, um, and thinking about stuff we can do. And my girls, when we're sitting around the table, I'll go, I have an idea, and they all look at me and go, there's those goes wheels, go turn it again, you know. <laughs> so um, it, it gives me lots of energy to do stuff like that. The next one is to make a list of your most enjoyable accomplishments. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, running the 100-yard dash or, or being in the Olympics. I'm talking about things that you did, even if you were a kid, that you just were so proud of yourself when you got done doing. Something that really meant a lot to you, something that you really enjoyed, and it was a big accomplishment for you. Mine was just finishing college. I was a 90%er all my life, and I just knew I was never going to finish college, but I did. I made it through, and it was a miracle. It was the first thing in 18 years that I ever finished, or I guess I was 20, 20 by then, 20 that I had ever completed. So that was a big deal for me, finishing college. But um, And then list those things, and then see if there's a common thread in any of those things that uh, you actually enjoyed about every one of those um, things. Um, as a, um, uh, an equipper, one of the things I love most that really gets my energy going is just the process. There are some people who love the goal. A lot of people just love the goal. I love getting to the goal. I, once I get there, I just move on to the next project. I love going from point A to point B to point C to the end. I love that whole process that goes on. Um, and, and just about everything that I ever find that I really have enjoyed doing involves the process. Um, some other passion indicators are what topics or events are you involved in where you lose track of time? Well, I could do that playing free sale on my computer, but... Um, <laughs> But there are things in your life that you get involved in, and you, it don't, you don't care what time it is. You just love doing it. You just keep on doing it. Sometimes it is the computer. Sometimes it's um, working in the shop, whatever. Um, you can, I, I feel that way about teaching children's church. I, I can get in there, and the next thing you know, it's time to leave. Um, so what do you do uh, and that you get involved in that you lose track of time and, and really enjoy that much? Uh, where do you feel like you're making a difference now if you are making a difference? You may be exactly where you need to be. Um, what energizes you? We talked about that a little um, few minutes ago. Kind of. But what do you do that really gives you energy? If you're doing stuff that you don't like to do or that is not quite your cup of tea, it'll drain you, and you'll hate doing it eventually. But if you're doing something that you enjoy, it actually gives you energy. And then there's a two-fold test. If you come up with something, you have to ask yourself these two questions. Does it glorify God and does it edify others? Because if it doesn't, it's self-serving. And you may have to ask you know, a close friend in the body when you're, when you're trying to figure this out. Well, what do you think? Do you think this is something I can use to edify the body? 
Um, there are some areas um, that can help that can prevent you from finding out what your passion is, um, and that's these areas of confusion. Some people are raised um, in a, an environment that will su- that that suppresses their dreams and desires because everybody else puts their values and the things that they hold important on on them. And so you may have spent your whole life like that. Uh, School, uh, parents, church, all kinds of things that have shaped what uh, they thought was a value uh, or that they were passionate about. And you don't really, you never had the opportunity to to find that out. And that's something you have to look at if you're kind of confused maybe. Maybe you've just lived all your life and even will think it was a betrayal of some of that um, to go in another direction. Does that make sense? Um, The other one is the pleaser personality. That was uh, me early in my life. You're always trying to please everybody else, so you really don't know what you want. Um, And that's a hard question to ask somebody who's a people pleaser is, what do you want? Because they don't really know. They want the approval of everyone else. And so they continually do things that make a people approve of them, but they don't really know what they want. So that can cause some confusion. Um, unrecognizable themes. If you find a lot of things that you're interested in, but there's no common thread running through any of them, you probably need to get somebody to um, talk to you or pray with you, um, get some wise counsel from someone who has the gift of wisdom. Um, that you know of, but it, that's the kind of thing that you need to help to get someone to help you look for that common thread that's going through all of this. And then the other one is just kind of terminology. If passion is foreign to you, if you're not used to hearing it, we hear it all the time around here with Jimmy because he's one of the most passionate people I know. But um, you you can use other words like your vision or um, a dream or the big picture. Don't get caught up on the word passion, um, but it's it's the thing that gets you excited, that makes you um, drives you to do what you do. If if I didn't have the passion I have, I couldn't have done what what I do every day for eight years here and two two or three years before I came on staff. But I think that's true for everybody on staff. We're all passionate about different things, but that's what drives us. We know we've been called to do those things and and it drives you. It just sort of breathes life into you. When you don't have anything else and you're worn out, you still have your passion and your drive to do what you feel like you've been called to do. And you've all been called, just so you know. Um, now we've covered uh, three areas. The, the three basic areas, your passion, your spiritual gifts, and your personality. When you find your passion, um, it will answer the question of where you are to serve. If you have a people passion, if you have a role passion, or if you have a cause passion. You know, I think a lot of um, parachurch organizations like Campus Crusade and RUF and things like that, those are uh, really caught in a sense, cause passions, because you have a passion for a particular uh, cause or a political cause, something like that. A lot of the cause passion results in a separate ministry. Um, Not second chance, but 
Thank you. Life choices, um, cause of abortions, um, trying to counsel people in, in that area. Um, and it may, you may have a people passion too, but, but those kind of causes. But it will tell you where to serve. If you um, have a role passion, you like to teach or um, disciple, you need to get involved in a Bible study or you need to teach a Sunday school class. Um, and don't think because you're equipped to teach with a gift and you have a passion for teaching for that role that you need to step into an adult Sunday school class to teach because that is a pretty intimidating um, place to do. Start simple. Start with preschoolers because if you can teach them something, you can teach anybody um, stuff. And those fifth graders will give you a run for your money too, by the way. Um, Knowing your spiritual gifts will answer the question of what you should do. In your motivational gifts, what, what, are your, what are your top gifts in the motivational gift category that you can use to serve somewhere in the body of Christ? That's going to tell you um, what you should do. Should you teach? Should you disciple? Um, should you encourage? Do you have the gift of hospitality? Did you know we have a hospitality team? We have a team whose specific job is to stand in the sanctuary at every service and find people that have not, either they, they haven't seen before or they think are new, and to go up and introduce themselves and talk to these people um, and just be hospitable. That That's our home, and we want these people to feel welcome, and and, and um, we want to be hospitable to them. And that's that's their whole ministry in the church is, is to use their gift of hospitality to do that. But you didn't know we had one of those. Um, some of you might have been approached by them and they didn't know you you were here for 11 years. Um, but that's okay. Somebody talked to you. Um, and knowing your personality will answer the question of how you will deliver your service. Um, the, uh, and deliver was not the word I was looking for, but I couldn't think of another one. But it's the way, it's the presentation of your gifts and your passion. It's how you're going to do that. Someone who um, is uh, phlegmatic melancholy is, and has the same gifts I do is going to deliver it totally different than I do. I'm, I, like, I don't mind being up in front of people. They're not going to like being in front of people. They might work better in a small group setting. So your personality is going to shape how that all comes together and comes out in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and this last one is um, just a quote and um, a scripture from Ephesians. We've been grace receivers for the express purpose of being grace givers. You know, if all you do is, re- is come and receive, um, Crystal told me, she said it's like a sponge that does nothing but soak up water. It's going to sour eventually. It's designed to take in and, and squeeze out and then take in again and squeeze out. That's what we're designed to do. And if we don't do it, we're going to sour uh, in the body of Christ. Um, and in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, the, the part of the uh, scripture I highlight is created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. He has a plan for you. He has something he wants you to do in the body of Christ. It's our responsibility to find out what that is. And you can't sit around and wait for it to fall in your lap. Although some people do. 
Um, you just have to get busy doing something along those lines. One of the things we discovered in Amazing Graceland was when, when we were uh, trying to design the perfect classroom or the ideal classroom setting for kids, and um, particularly in the preschool area, that was one of our um, that we spent the most time and attention on was we usually have four or five people in a class of 18 to 20 kids. Now that may sound like a lot to you, but you consider you need a lead teacher, someone who's gifted either at teaching or um, has the personality that, that holds the attention of a three, four, or five-year-old. Um, you need, we need somebody to take role. We need somebody to assist the teacher. We, uh, and we usually had a crafts person in there, somebody who liked doing crafts. Well, most places will give all those jobs to one person or two people. Well, yeah, if you want to kill them by the end of the year when they have 20 kids in their class, you can't do that. So what we discovered was if you give people a little thing to do, like somebody that has the gift of administration and um, hospitality or uh, just a great sanguine uh, color personality, let them stand at the door and greet those kids every week and keep track of them. And if you give someone that small thing, they'll get comfortable enough doing that that they may want to move on to something else. But there's nothing as rewarding as little kids who run up to you and hug your leg every Sunday morning or every Wednesday night because they see your face every week. Nothing like it, y'all. Make you cry. Um, some of them can knock you over. But <laughs> oh, little Nate Nailey comes running up because he comes up to me because I have candy in my office. So he comes up and goes, Candy, Cindy, candy, Cindy. So, um, so we walk down and get candy. But, I mean, it, it's just great. And then, you know, a crafts person who loves to do crafts, they don't want to study and, and, and do a lesson. They just want to sit down with the kids and talk them through a craft. And you give them that space to do that in, and they're going to flourish. They're going to do well. Somebody who wants to teach is going to do the same thing. Same thing in the women's ministry. We, we've, um, we gave a little bigger square in the women's ministry. But the children's ministry, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a children's pastor, but it is a great place to start. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's okay. We're not going to feel bad if you say, I really feel like I'm called to do something else. We'd like for you to serve out your whole year, but we understand. <laughs> but it is a place for you to serve. Um, and there are plenty of ministries. Y'all, we have a, we have a floral uh, sanctuary flowers. Uh, the sanctuary flowers every week are done by people in this church. And if you have a talent for that, we need you. <laughs> Gail is in charge of the Sanctuary Flowers Ministry And we have, out of all these people in this church We have five people who consistently do the flowers We could use five or ten more And they're beautiful I mean, we have a whole little area that you come in on a Saturday morning And you fix them and you put them out um, You go up to Windsor's and buy We have a um, Cindy Shriver she could use some volunteers on Sunday in the bookstore. Every Sunday, she has to get up and run out of Sunday school class so she can be in the bookstore when it, uh, in between services so it opens. During the week, um, she gets lots of books in, especially right before the women's retreat, uh, and needs help 
you know, getting all those things checked in. And she can use a volunteer to do that if you like that kind of work, administration or helps and service. It's not hard stuff. There's all kinds of things in this church. The hospitality team, greeters. Um, there's things behind the scene. I know Fran Reinhardt for years. How many years Fran do that? Four or five? Came in every Friday and followed those bulletins that you get every Sunday morning. Came in and stuffed them and folded them and carried them into the sanctuary. It was a simple thing, but she loved doing it until she got to where she couldn't do it anymore. There's tons of things around here that, that you can, we can find for you to do. There's angel food, giving food to new mothers. Uh, there's um, covenant care, which is where we take care of sick and bereaved families. There's um, the women's retreat. There's the evening of grace, which is the dinner theater, or not dinner theater, but the meal and, and dinner that we do for women once a month. You can come help us set up for that. We won't mind. And it's fun. We have fun doing that. There's all kinds of things. And if you need a list, come to me. I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll go to lunch with you, which I love to do. I tell the compass class every time I go in there, I love going to lunch. So if you want to go to lunch, you call me, and we'll go to lunch. We'll talk about I do love it. Um, I, I'll, we'll talk about your spiritual gifts, your personality, and where you can plug in. I, I will be your personal guide if you need that. <laughs> but... I want um, everybody to experience what it's like, that, that joy that comes from all of this. And the last thing, and now I'm going to go from preaching to meddling here. Because, uh, if you come on Sunday morning and you come for one hour, you are cheating me. And you're cheating everybody in this room. And you're cheating the children of grace. You're cheating Sunday school teachers. We need you on a Sunday morning to do something. If, if you are leaving so that you can get to Chili's before the crowd, you're cheating me. <laughs> you're cheating the body of believers that you call your covenant family. If you want to get involved, if you want to serve and make a difference in people's lives, you need to be here both hours on Sunday morning and find something to do that second hour. You need to be here on a Wednesday night. We have lots for you to do. And in the children's ministry, Wednesday night is the easiest gig there is. <laughs> You get off the whole month of December. It's the middle of the week. It's easy. It's very little preparation. And, you know, you do have to be not quite right to do Wednesday night. But uh, it's a pretty fun thing. We even have a band back there in fourth and fifth grade. Um, you need to be involved in a small group. You need to be uh, come to the dinners. You need to come to retreats. Um, you just need to get involved and decide that you're going to do something and you're going to make a difference and find out what your passion is. Okay, I'm done meddling. <laughs> do y'all have any questions about spiritual gifts or personalities or passion um, as we close this whole session? And Jimmy will be back next week. Yes, ma'am. Well, um, for me, it's a cause because it, well, it has been for years. Because when we first started as a church, the first place I ever heard Covenant Family was from Jimmy Young. And then heard it again used in a different, um, used as the term community at Willow Creek. And I realized it was a thing that I never had when I was going to church. I grew up in the same church 
most of my life before I came to Central. I didn't know what community was. I didn't know what covenant family was. I thought it was just the place you went on Sunday morning and you acted like nothing was wrong. Did y'all grow up that way? <laughs> well, that's not what we're supposed to be. Uh, and having a passion for um, helping people feel uh, connected and, and feel like they're part of, uh, of a church family, that they're significant in the body of Christ, is something that I have preached and taught for years. We even had a whole women's retreat on it five years ago, four years ago, um, because it was so important. Um, and I guess in, in a way, covenant family is, as a cause, I don't know how I don't know how I kind of went about doing it, but it was just constantly talking about it, constantly uh, striving in every small group that I was in or a Bible study that I led to, to form some kind of community. I mean, that's what we want in our Sunday school classrooms. We want the the four or five leaders that are in there to to bond so closely and tightly that they feel like they have a network of people, a small community, and we want those children to feel the same way. They may not know your name all year long, but they know who their Sunday school teachers are. And they'll recognize you in the hallway years later. But that's that, that's that, what covenant, why covenant, I think of covenant family as a cause because I've carried the banner for so long. Does that answer your question? Sort of. May you have any other questions? Well, that's a good question. Um, there's there's several things on the men's board, um, and I honestly am not as familiar with the men's board as I should be. Missions, both missions committees have men. Um, the Grace Venture Committee, all the committees have men on them. Um, there are... Um, no, she said there are for women during the day. Um, go ahead. That's once a month. April 17th. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Conference. Oh, yes. Mission conference. It's There are lots of areas like that. Um, huh? SOS, missions, outside missions. You don't have to do it here. I mean, the body of Christ obviously extends to um, outreach and stuff like that. But, um, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll be, you can be a leader in the compass, on the compass team. We need several of those. Uh, I'll, I'll, if you're desperately find, trying to find something, I will help you, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, children's ministry is a great place for men. We, one of the things we strive for, I know I keep harping on this, but it's a great place to start. One of the things we strive for is, it's, I believe in every one of our preschool classrooms, the lead storyteller is a man. And we do that because we believe that what children need to see is men who love God more than anything else. And it was one of our goals years ago, and we've, We've managed to hang on to it for the last two or three years. Yes, ma'am. My son's in junior high, and um, there is a fellow who, like, this small group leader, he's a pilot. 
thinks a lot of him, and it's good for him to see a man in that position because they're so used to women teachers and mm-hmm. you know women vacation Bible school teachers and all that stuff. So it is nice to have a man. And from the third grade on, when we separate boys and girls in Sunday school, um, the boys' classrooms always have men teachers. Boys at that age need men in their lives. Some of them don't have men at home. Some of them don't have good men at home. They need to see good men who love God and who love them. It makes such a difference in their lives, and it's especially true in senior high, junior high, where all those crazy people are. Any other questions? Thank you all so much for coming and being supportive of these last four weeks. I've really enjoyed doing this, and you don't have to listen to me anymore. But if you want to, I'll go to lunch with you. <laughs> I promise. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for uh, this opportunity. I thank you for um, these people who have been so um, diligent and so encouraging these last four weeks on this subject. I pray, Father, that over these next months that you'll take what was said here um, and turn it into uh, a covenant family who is excited and energized, who understands what their gifts are for, who finds a place on the wall. Father, I pray that you stir within everyone in this room the desire, the compulsion, as Paul says, to serve you and to serve you with a spirit of um, gratitude for all you have done for us, Father, Um, that at the end we might hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, thank you for um, this time. We pray for Jimmy and Susie as uh, they arrive home tonight, that you would give them rest and um, a good day tomorrow. We pray for the women's retreat this weekend, Lord, uh, for all the women that are... um, scheduled to come, or that you would just um, give them godly order in their days, that they can get their families settled, and that we might have a sweet time of fellowship and learning. And we ask all these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.